Hi, I'm Morgan, and I'm the owner of Jade Beauty Co. in the Chicago suburbs. I have used Schedulicity for the last four years of my business, and I cannot say enough good things about it. Not only does it work perfect for my salon and all the features and options that they offer, but the way that Schedulicity has handled the COVID-19 crisis has just been amazing. And for salon owners or any small business it has really taken one less thing off my very heavy plate right now, and I cannot say enough good things. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my best bud, Tone. What's up, Tony? Hey, man, another day in premiere here. Uh, I just want to give a, a big shout out to Salon Centric for having us in the VIP mm-hmm. room today uh, doing our podcast because they didn't have uh, a media room. So, Salon Centric brought us in, and uh, so all the background noise we hear uh, is, you know, it's a pretty crowded room. You know right. what I mean? So, there's a lot going on. But, but what kind uh, of room is it? It's the VIP room. So, all those voices you hear behind us? Those are VIPs. Absolutely. <laughs> but outside of that, man, I'm excited. No, no, there's no outside of that because we got the biggest VIP. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Another uh, iconic hairdresser that uh, if you don't absolutely. know who she is, uh, you need to do your history. Yeah, you know no what doubt. I mean? She's yeah. uh, one of the uh, you know ones in, this, in, in our industry that has definitely, I'm not going to say the word, but <laughs> paved the way. Yeah, she definitely you know. has, right? Absolutely. Um yeah, I mean, she's just pr- pr- her resume is pretty impressive. You know, I kind of I don't I don't even kind of want to go through it because I want to uh, I want kind of her to tell the story. And there's one particular story that I'm really interested in, and we'll get into the, that. Yeah, there's a couple of those there. You right know there. what I mean? And it's the Trevor Sorby story. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. I know. But Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. So, um, yeah, that that's the same story. So we're looking for the same story. That's pretty cool. Um, let's do it, man. Should we do this? So um, we we we'd really 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 uh, like to thank Miss Ruth Roche, who's artistic director for Pureology now, right? Yep, I think that's her title. We'll ask her in one second. So Miss Ruth Roche, maybe artistic director for Pureology. Welcome to your day off. Oh, thank you so much, and thanks for having me. I've been so excited about it, and I'm honored. Dude, we're so excited to see you here, man. And so, so we're in the presence of Ruth, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cool. Yeah, right. totally. And there's only a few of those uh, that make me feel that way. You know what I mean? Not, I mean, there's a lot of hairdressers that I totally admire, respect. Right. But, you know, there's a handful that you, it just at that extra level, right? Yeah, agreed. And she's one of them. She's absolutely one of them. Um, thank you. Oh, our pleasure. Hey, thank you. I mean, you know what I mean? We're like little kids in here. Like, you know, get to interview our mentor. We're like little old kids. Uh, yeah, you're right. Touche. That's funny. Yeah. So, Ruth, like, um, kind of like where, where are you from? 
my dad was in the Navy, so I, I grew up all over the place. I, um, I was born in San Francisco, and I lived in Virginia as a kid uh, for a while, and then we moved to California, to Napa, California, when I was 12, and retired. So, um, so I'm kind of from Napa, but I don't, I don't really know where I'm from. Right. So you there's know. really no from because you were like a Navy kid? That's right. So were you in like Virginia Beach in Norfolk? Yeah, area? I was in Virginia Beach. Okay. Yep. You, awesome. you know? You yeah, know it? Yeah, I was stationed there in the Navy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Go Navy. Go Navy. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's, so that's pretty cool. So, but... Um, so where'd you, like, did you go to high school in California and stuff? I did. I, um, I went to I, eighth grade through the end of high school, and then I, I moved down to Santa Barbara to go to UC Santa Barbara. to be uh, to, I went into engineering. I laugh because, you know, <laughs> that didn't work out. But um, <laughs> that was... You've done okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was what I was going to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So what, what was your interest in uh, engineering? In, in, can you say it? Engineering. Engineering. Yeah. My father's a mechanical engineer, mm-hmm. and two of my brothers are mechanical engineers, and one of them is an electrical engineer. So there was all these engineers, and I had right. to pick what I wanted to do. And I loved math and science in, mm-hmm. in high school. So I thought, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I didn't really even know what, what that was. was. I just thought, okay. That's what I'll do. They're doing it. It's a good job, I guess. So are you kind, are you kind of wired that way? Are you like wired like an engineer? My, yeah, I, I love figuring out how things were made and mm-hmm. how to make things. You know, and whether it's hair or I do, I paint, um, I sew, I um, have other weird projects that I do sometimes, and I'm just like fascinated with figuring out how to put things together. So, h- how did you put the hair thing together? That was. Um, I just was obsessed with doing hair, and there was this woman, this well girl across the street. Um, she was in high school when I was like ten, nine years old. She used to cut her own hair in her bathroom and have me hold it for her while she cut the, you know, the ends. So you were like a clip. I was a clip. <laughs> I was a clip at a very young age, and <laughs> life was a, life as a clip was hard. Um, and I just, like, kind of got the bug, you know. And right. then in high school, I started cutting my brother's hair, blah, blah, blah. And then I went to, when I went to college, all I did was um, drink and do hair in the dorm <laughs> for people. And they would pay me in, like, a six-pack, you know. Right. And I, yeah. I thought I was great. You awesome. know, I thought I did a great job. So... I, well, you're so drunk, it didn't matter. No, and right? so were they. So they were like, hey, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so I just, I was doing that in, in school, but not really doing much in school. You know, I right. just wanted to do hair. And I, uh, I actually applied to go to the Vidal Sassoon Academy in L.A. Right. While I was in college. And there was a year and a half waiting list. Wow. And, um, I, did, I got accepted, but I had to wait a year and a half, and I was like, I can't. I can't in a year wait. and a half, I could be dead. Can yeah. I, before, before we get into how you transitioned into it, yeah. how did your family react? Because they're all engineers. That's a good question. Yeah. Leaving engineering school to go to beauty school. Well, I, I, I remember that I was on the phone, and the phone was one of those phones with a cord, the curly cord, you know. <laughs> that you had to stand four feet from the wall yes, from. Right. In my dorm room, you know, and I, I called, and I was telling them what I wanted to do, and my mom and dad, and they were like, please stay in school, please stay in school, at least finish mm-hmm. school first, then if you still want to do it. And I hung up on them, and then my sister, who's much older than me, she was kind of like a mom figure. Right. 
she called me back. She goes, you can't hang up on mom and dad. And I'm like, but they don't understand, you know. And so eventually I talked them into it, you know, but they were not happy about it and did the whole, you know, you're going to stand on your feet your whole life. You're going to have varicose veins, you know, um, and just thought it was not going to be a good path, you know, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't make any money and I wouldn't be successful. And, you know, they were worried about me, you sure. know. So, I get that, you know. Yeah. So then you applied to Vidalces and then there was a year and a half. Yeah. And then. Well, I didn't wait a year and a half. I right. couldn't wait. So I ended up dropping out of school to go to, oh, by the way, my GPA after the first semester because I, I was bad. I was Zero really bad. Point no. zero. Point six nine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, this is someone who didn't, I didn't even have to study in high school. Right. So, you know, I was really, like, so far away from applying myself. It wasn't even funny. Right. But um, I just. That sounds like you didn't make it to class. I <laughs> didn't go to class very much. I just hated it. I, you know, calculus, all of a sudden math went from being, you know, something fun to something horrifying. And, oh, God. Anyway. I digress. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. What were we talking about? So so you um, you didn't wait the year and a half. So where did, where did your hair path go once you decided oh, that you weren't going to wait a year and a half? There was a school in Santa Barbara mm-hmm. um, that I applied to. And I talked my parents into letting me go there. So I stayed in Santa Barbara and I went to school. It was called Christopher's School of Beauty. And it's not there anymore. But. <laughs> Christopher's not there anymore? Or the school, they burned down. I don't know what happened, but somehow it's not there. But I'm sending insurance fraud. <laughs> 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 so that's where I went to school, and I ended up staying there in Santa Barbara for a couple years before I mm-hmm. moved on. So after school, did you just did you apprentice, or did you? I did. I, I applied at the best salon in Santa Barbara at the time, and became an apprentice there was there a restaurant called joe's sorry to get off subject i remember going to santa barbara once and at the bottom there was this restaurant they said where everybody hung out was joe's i had an aunt who lived up and had a house off and you you know when you pull up to her house you just see the roof and then you know <laughs> yeah. man, it's crazy. Roof. But yeah it's like everybody was going to joe's so I, sorry to get off subject but i don't know like yeah. you know like i All said right. i was drinking a lot so <laughs> She was drinking at Joe's. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so, um, oh, I know what you said when you said restaurant. I got to tell you this story yeah, about go. when I was in college, the, you know, and trying to be good and go, you know, go to class and study. My <laughs> friend and I, and we weren't old enough to drink yet, so well, legally, and we went to Harry Gorillas and we would drink pitchers. You could get Coke. There was no Diet Coke then. There was Tab. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Bitter Tab. It's awful. And so we, we had a picture of Tab, and we would sit there, and, and I would fantasize about doing hair and go into, when I went into the restroom there, the smell of the soap when you washed your hands smelled like the shampoo that my hairdresser in high school used on me at the salon when I, I know this is weird. But stick with me. I'm with you. <laughs> stay man. with me. And I would smell that smell and go, I just want to do hair. I thought she, Candy was her name, and she was so cool, my hairdresser in high wow. school. And I was just like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. So every time I went to Harry Gorillas and <laughs> went into the restroom, that's what I, I just wanted to do hair. That was like my dream. And that's when it really became wow. something I had to do. 
So and then it was well, on. Well, thank yeah. you, Harry Gorilla. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, That's is, crazy. is that place still there? I don't know. Oh. I need to find out. <laughs> Where it all started. Yeah. Harry right. Gorilla. So, uh, so what was the name of the salon that you worked at in Santa Barbara? It was called A Pace. Um, like a pace. A pace. Uh-huh. Yeah, like keeping a pace of the crowd or whatever. whatever. Right. And um, Lynn was the owner there. And interesting story. I was. I went back there for Pureology a couple years ago. I hadn't been back to Santa Barbara in 25 years. And oh, I, wow. And I went back to my salon, the Apace, which is was now a different salon owned by someone I worked with at Apace. And Lynn, who was the owner, was working there. And I did a hands-on workshop. And Lynn was one of my students. How, 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 how did that feel? It was like an out-of-body experience. I was like is this weird that I'm helping you, you know? Right. <laughs> and she was like, no, this is awesome, you know? It was, you know what's funny was, about that is uh, literally Sam Via told us the same story this morning. Oh, really? Well, yeah. with, a, with his instructor, right? Right, it was instructor in school, and, and, and he, uh, she was in the front row of one of his classes, and, 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 she, and he, he had the same feeling, like, how weird is this? And, yeah. and she said, no, because the, the students become the teacher. Yeah, that's you know? amazing. That's pretty cool. So, yep. uh, a pay. So, I think Ruth, we have a mutual friend. Who's that? Um, well, let's, let's get into when she opened up her shop. So, when's the first time you opened up a salon? I have only done it Is, once. Did she work for? No. no. I um, I didn't open a salon until 2003. So. So yeah, you're right. Definitely didn't. Do you want me to talk about it? Yeah. Right now. We'll, we'll right come now? back to it. Yeah. We'll come back to it. So, um, How about now? <laughs> <laughs> My ADD. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I think we have a mutual friend in Jackie Davis. Yes. So Jackie, get this, talk about the teacher. Is, Jackie is our mentor. Oh, really? Yeah. Jackie yeah. kind of like, she took us under her wing, I don't know, in the early 90s when yeah. she moved back, when she moved to D.C. Oh, wow. And, uh, and she, I mean, she, she molded us, man. She molded us into everything. And then we actually had her on the podcast. She was our second podcast. That's cool. That we did. So yeah, Jackie is just a very, very special lady to us. Oh, well, that's amazing. So It's crazy how yeah. like these, I mean, in that world was in Santa Barbara. It's not like you came up in D.C. It's just no. kind of a real world. Yeah. Real world. And yeah. When we mentioned your name, she, she got all excited. She's oh, like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'd yeah, love yeah. to see her. Yeah, we'll definitely make that happen. Okay. We'll, that we'll would definitely be great. make that happen. So, um, actually, she told a story. Can we go there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're already here. <laughs> We're already Uh-oh. here. <laughs> no, she told a story about when you applied. Was it for Trevor? What was your first, like, uh, like national was it Trevor, Trevor or was it, it yeah. was Trevor yeah so she told a story about how um you were applying and you're kind of like uh, I don't know if I want to do this and, yeah. and and everybody at the salon was really supporting you going Ruth you've got to do yeah. this this is the opportunity yeah so uh so Jackie kind of told us that story about how and then when you got when you landed it how it was like amazing for the salon and how um Jackie told us that uh she when you landed that gig with Trevor, and I, w- I kind of want to back up later and talk yeah. about that, but when you landed that gig at at, um, at Trevor, how it gave her hope that there was something beyond the salon. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, just that small act. I mean, you've en- you've encouraged um, you encouraged Jackie, and now Jackie's doing great stuff. You know, yeah. she's working yeah. on she's working on um, Project Runway, Runway now. That's so cool, right? So she's doing all the back hair, backstage hair for uh, Project Runway. She loving so it. She loves it. Yeah, I mean, Jack. Yeah. 
Again. Oh. Yeah. My my dear Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so um that's kind of cool. I just I, I just thought that was really neat how you know we kind of had this oh, this round that and then cool. she's been on the podcast which is kind of crazy too you know yep. small world so, exactly so she's not just a random to our podcast listener yep. she's actually been on the uh, been on the podcast so uh, how did that come about like how did uh, applying for Trevor come about and 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 like. You were you were a hair stylist in Santa Barbara. Yeah, um, one of the women in my salon that was a stylist there, she came to me and uh, th- there was an ad in Modern Salon magazine, and it was a one-page ad that Trevor had taken out, and it and it it was like the old army posters of you know we want we you, want you <laughs> and it was him standing with his British team around him, and he he was like pointing you know at the camera mm-hmm. like we want you, and he was starting his first U.S. artistic team. And so June was wrote on it with a uh, pen. She's like, Ruthie, you have to do this and stuck it in my mailbox at work. And so I saw it and I was I had, you know, only seen Trevor's work in the magazines and stuff like that. And I was really just in awe. And I was like, well, I can't do not? this. Right. I mean, I'd been, only been doing hair for three years and um, they were like, you know, you got to do it. So so I had to, what I had to do was I had to have a portfolio which I didn't really even know what that meant. I had to have four years of hair experience, so I counted school. I had to have teaching experience, which I had taught the apprentices in the salon how to shampoo, so that was my teaching experience. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I got a friend who was in photography school to take my pictures um, of my clients next door in the Chinese restaurant. You know, that was my, those were my first hair it. pictures. It's <laughs> funny. That was your cutting edge? Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> put, some, put some of those letters behind Yeah, them. it was like, yeah. And then a couple of them in the salon. So I just got my like prettiest clients and right. had to send in uh, pictures of my work and all that. And I sent in, you had to send in a headshot and then you also had to send in, um, no, you didn't have to send. I sent in an extra picture of myself, and it was a black and white picture. My hair was black. It was shaved off on one side, flipped over like flock of seagulls. I had like black eyeliner and red lipstick, and I um, I put on sunglasses, and it was black and white. I had on gloves and a cigarette, and I was smoking a cigarette off to the side with these sunglasses on in the picture, and I sent it in <laughs> with my <laughs> resume and everything <laughs> I totally see Pat better tired. I don't know why I I did that. I totally look British. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, you know what? There's two sides of me. There's, you know, I just want, I don't know. I don't know why I did it, but (laughs) I just, but you did it. I did it. it. And you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why, um, they called me for an interview and I had to go to Pittsburgh where the products, yeah, Frank Fuhr, um, Roffler and, and Sorby were all uh, for me. See, Mm -hmm. Frank Fuhrer owned Fermisi, Roffler, and Sorby in the beginning, and they were based in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. So we had to go to Pittsburgh for an uh, audition. So they had over like 300 applicants. They picked, uh, I think, like 20-ish people Mm -hmm. to audition, and then they were going to pick 12 from that. And uh, I auditioned, and it was it was so scary, but I also was felt like I was just on out of my body, out of body experience. So right. I just kind of went through the motions and did it. It's all a big blur. And I, um, my model uh, just cut me off at any time if I'm Go talking ahead, for man. too long. Yeah, but yeah. we had to do what they call dress work, 
and a haircut. And I, it was one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. I'm like, what is dress work? <laughs> I'm asking other people that are auditioning. And they're like, you know, you have to dress the hair. I'm like, what do you mean? You know? <laughs> so Put a little I, skirts on them? Yeah. <laughs> little outfits. So I knew I had to do like an updo or something like that. Right. And I didn't have any hairpins or anything like that. Then my, my so model... So they didn't supply any of that? No. And luckily, the, there was a person after me prepping, and she was like really cool. And she ended up being one of my really good friends, and she ended up being on the team too. Um, but she's like, just pretend you're at a fashion show. And I'm like, I've never been at a fashion show. <laughs> you know, I'm just, everything was like crazy. So I had to take my haircut model and put her hair up in like five minutes. So I put her hair up, then I had to take her into the audition room, which was Trevor, Vivian, McKinder. Um, and like some other people, I don't remember who they were. Cause those were the two that I was like freaking out oh, about. No, right. And Trevor comes up and he's got these piercing blue eyes and he would give us this look like if, you know, you guys can't see me, but piercing through you, like, who are you? You know, like that kind of scary look, right. but he didn't, you know, he didn't mean it to be scary. It was just, it was intense. So he's looking at the hair and he's pulling on it, like tugging on it. And I'm like, Oh my God. Don't do <laughs> he goes, how long did it take you to do that? And I said, well, my model didn't show up. He goes, I know, I know. I said five minutes and I just burst out laughing. And I, that's what I did when I was nervous. <laughs> so he's like, okay. He pulled on it, and then I, he said, okay, you can go get her shampooed. So I, I you know, had no idea where I stood, you know, right. if he liked it, he hated it. And I had to shampoo my haircut model, and I was waiting, waiting. And so I brought her back in, and I, had, I wanted to do this haircut. Now, I'm one of those people that I just dive in. That's how I've always done, like, when I open a salon, I'm going to open a salon, okay. You know, <laughs> I open a salon. So I never let fear stop me from doing things like that. So I thought, I'm going to do this haircut that I saw on the back of one of Trevor's videos. I didn't even see the video. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was this like long shag thing. It was really cool. So I cut it with the shears. I would now do it with a razor. I didn't know. Right. Um, and didn't really do a very good job. The front turned out really well. And I didn't, we only had a half an hour, so I didn't think about how long it might take me to do this haircut I didn't know how to do. So was 30, <laughs> did, was 30 minutes like finish time as well? Yes. So what I should have done is cut half, you know, like all that. Right. But anyway, so I didn't know. And so I got the, using the products, I put the mousse in the hair. There was these big balls of mousse, you know, just sitting on her hair. And they're like, your time's up. And I was like, okay, that's my finished look. <laughs> Hope you like it. And then you had to sit there right after that and sit down and have the panel, which was at the back of the room, interview you, you know. Right. So you're sitting there in the chair you demoed in. So is this, you know? is, it, this is, is this happening in a hair salon? It's in Pittsburgh at their offices in this room where... So we, what's the setup? Are they like all like sitting in like chairs staring at you? At a table. Like you see, yeah. Oh. So it's kind of like you... Like, like judges, like a like, panel. Like American Idol. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, yeah the back of the room. And so then you're sitting there like, you know, the inquisit, like the... Are they asking you questions or anything? Or? Yeah. Afterwards, they all ask questions and, you know, they was were... Was it about hair or was it about Ruth? It was about, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One of the questions I remember was um, asking how I, how was it going to be, was my salon going to be okay with me traveling a lot if I got on the team? I remember that. And I remember Vivian asking me something and Trevor came up to the... Oh, to look at my haircut afterwards. And he's like, I quite like the front. And so I thought, well, that's good, I think. Right. I don't know. 
So then, and the next thing we had to do was go and and have an uh, interview with Trevor, just pre- Trevor, you know, a private interview just right. with him. And I remember he had a pack of cigarettes sitting on the table. And I went, can I have one of those? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was I thinking? So we smoked a cigarette and talked about hair. And he said, what do you think hair is going to be doing, you know, in the future? And at the time, it was before Madonna did the, you know, made her hair platinum and, mm-hmm. you know, did the Marilyn Monroe thing. It was right before that. I said, I think we're going to go back to dressing hair, setting hair. And he was like, I think you're right. You know, and so we, you know, we had this interview. I we smoked a cigarette. I left. I went back to Santa Barbara, and oh, oh, and I went back in the room where my friend, the the person after me, was doing their their presentation. Right. And I stuck my head in the room, and I go, "Bye, everybody." <laughs> Class bomb. <laughs> Such a jerk. <laughs> so I don't know. I I just was a little out of my league out of my mind that's yeah. what we're gonna do when you're on stage next we're like bye ruth <laughs> <laughs> bye thanks right. bye ruth so anyway i didn't know i just didn't know whether but part of me like a little tiny bit of me was like i think i might get i think i might get you this. think that was hope or you really like was it was it really it ingrained? was a little like i think i, I might you get you this you, got you know and um so a couple weeks later i was at the salon and um were you dying? These yeah. Couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And a FedEx came. My roommate came and brought the FedEx to the salon, and he was you know the box, not the person. Then bring the FedEx person to the salon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, follow me. Follow me. I'm like, wait, what? Um, so yeah, and I got the letter saying congratulations, you're part of the team, blah blah blah. And it it turns out that they only picked three people. Out oh. Of yeah. And I was one of the three people they Wow. And it was you and really cool chick. Yeah, Terry. Uh-huh. Terry Hadley was her name. And then Chip Wood. Um, and Chip, unfortunately, passed away um, a while ago. And Terry decided she couldn't deal with all the traveling. So, But she's got an amazing salon in Spokane, Washington. And we're still friends. And we still talk. Um, but, yeah, they picked the three of us. And then, um, yeah. And Trevor told me that he picked me. Can I say bad? Do I have to like no. I say, say whatever bad? you want? He said he picked me because I had balls, right? To get up there and do something that I'd never done before. I was gonna, actually, you know, I was thinking about saying that earlier. Yeah. I was like, that takes. I mean, that's yeah. bold. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you got you had to be scared. But speaking of Trevor, you know, we interviewed him uh, last week. And, oh wow! And yeah. um, and at the very end uh, of it, we had uh, Vivian McKinder jump on to surprise him. Oh my god. Yeah, and, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, and you can just see it. And this is probably the second time uh, our audience is hearing the story, <laughs> but uh, you in his voice, you can just see the demeanor change. And he's like, "Vivian, I've always <laughs> regretted sending you to America because mm-hmm. he knew that she wouldn't come back." And but he knew it, it was the best thing for her. Yeah, and he was very happy for her. But it, it, the emotion of his voice, you can just hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh. I mean, not to get too much on Vivian, I mean, get, well, Vivian and and Trevor, but like that whole exchange, Ruth, Mm -hmm. it it felt like to me, like it was something that Trevor has been holding on to for 10 years. Really? When he said, when he, when he said that about her, like, I I felt like, like, like he, it was almost something that he wanted to get off his chest. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, Mm -hmm. because I actually think it was a compliment. Yeah, absolutely. But it was something that, that, that had been sitting with him. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I was really, really touched by, here's the cool part. 
Tony and I didn't say a word for ten minutes, and just we we were like we were like their best friends sitting at a table mm-hmm. and listening to them mm-hmm. catch up. It was really really cool. Yeah, and, and oh, we told him also amazing. that we're going to be interviewing you, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, tell everybody I said hello," oh. and you know, like he kind of misses everybody. And I know I miss him. It, you know, he's like my um, well Vivian too, but Trevor's like my my because I t- I just said this this morning for the leading ladies thing um, when I got on the team, my mother was not well and. We knew she wasn't going to, you know, be around that much longer. And she, um, she was, you know, they, they knew that I got on the team, which was awesome. And she knew that that was happening. So between when I got on the team, you know, got the letter, and when I started my training, my mom passed away. And it was only, I think, six weeks after she passed away that I started the training. So I went to Pittsburgh for this training with Vivian. And she actually got stuck in London because of her visa or Canada or something. So someone else from the academy came, and then she came and joined us after. Um, but I just dove in, you know, and I was in this this ho- this room with it was those Art Deco glass block brick things yeah, yeah, sure. for windows, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you couldn't even see outside right. for three weeks, <laughs> and and without any days off, and just every day just doing hair and doing hair and. You know, the cool thing is I know she knew that that happened for me because they had wow. been worried about me, you know, doing hair for a living. <laughs> and um, so that was awesome. And then <clears throat> I always told Trevor, he was like my hair dad, you know, because right. I, um, I, everything I did, I just wanted him to be happy with because I was representing him and his name was on it. And so I was so green when I started, you know, that he was... He would introduce me as, you know, on stage later when I was art- artistic director for him. He goes, you know, when I first met Ruth, she she wasn't a very good hairdresser. As a, as a matter of fact, she was a terrible hairdresser. <laughs> and I would be like, thank you. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> but now she's my artistic director, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, so for the first couple of years, I couldn't even, like, do hair in front of him without crying. Because I just felt like I was trying to learn how to do... I didn't have any strong technical skills. I didn't even, right. you know, um, know how to do a graduated bob or anything like that. I just knew how to do it. One length bob, you know, elevation, an elevated bob, and then that's it. You know, like a, a layered 80s haircut, you know, that was... So for me to learn all that discipline was really crazy. And then to have to teach it and not really know it yet. So did you all have right. to go through the final test? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us I the fight. He wouldn't get into day. that. Yeah. Tell. Let's get into that because some of the videos that I watch or some of the stories that I've heard. I mean, I hear it's super scary. Yeah. It's so. Well, we had so we had our three weeks, and then we went home for a month, and then we had another three weeks. So it was six weeks of training, and at the end of those six weeks, we had to do a test for Trevor. So Vivian and Vivian's not. You know, she's like now. I have a great relationship with her, and I always have. But she's such a loving person, but right. she's also very tough. And she was a very, um, you know, she just didn't, like, coddle you. You know, it was just like, no, do it again. That's it not right. Like militant? Was it kind of, did it kind of feel? Yeah, just just kind of like, you know what, there's weight there. You need to get that weight out. You know, she would come in and say, I can smell weight in here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> What intimidate a room, Vivian? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, but his piercing blue eyes looking at yeah. you and her voice. And, uh, and to this day, you know, as I'm when I'm doing hair, I 
I hear her talking in my head, you know. So we had to do this test, and we had to have a certain number of models, and, you know, we had to have them all ready, and then we were doing a presentation of it. And um, I just remember the day of the test, we were prepping all day, right. you know, prepping our models. And that there was the, that movie called Overboard. With, <laughs> yeah. And it, for some reason, somebody had it playing on a TV all day. And I just was losing my mind, losing my mind, because I didn't like This sounds like an awake nightmare. It was really weird. (laughs) And I kept going in the bathroom. I kept, like, throwing up and just, oh, it was bad. It was bad. And then I finally, I did do the test, and everything went fine, Mm -hmm. you know. But And I have a video of it. Oh, my God. Oh, are you serious? My voice was like, hi. um, (laughs) So... I just this model, you know, um, I was inspired by, you know, my voice. I, I was like 12 years old, you know, it sounded right. like, and just really not confident. And so um, I'm going to get it put on, you know, a, a digital copy of it before it melts and yeah, dies. Right. But um, yeah, it was just, it was cool. So that was our test. I made it. You know. Congrats. Good job. Thank you. And then from there, it was just really a lot of, Practice, practice, practice. You know, we were never, we were taught to never rest on our laurels, you know. And Trevor always would say, you're only as good as your last haircut. Right. You know. So, um, as a matter of fact, there were times when, there was one time when he said to me, how, how do you think you're doing? I said, I, f- I think I'm doing good. I feel really good. And he goes, he goes, well, I think you've slipped. You know. <clears throat> and I'm like, why? You know. And he's like, because he thought I was getting an attitude. He thought I was getting a little full of myself. And um, I remember we were all, it was at a group dinner and the, someone from corporate was in the bathroom and I was like, I can't believe he said that to me. She goes, you go in there and you just stand up for yourself and you just blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> so I went back to dinner. That's Trevor Sorby. I know. A little while later he goes, you're mad at me, aren't you? And I said, no, I'm just embarrassed. I don't know. Right. So anyway, those were the moments though that defined me as, um, to, to have the standards that I have and to have the uh, discipline, you know, right. and to not ever settle for or, or think or say something. Not settle. Not settle right. for what um, I'm not 100% happy with, you know, which is a lot of things, right. you know. Sometimes that, that's it. You don't have a choice. Right. Do you know what I mean? You have to move on. Um, but, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That's, yeah. That is so awesome. I mean... You know, I mean, he's impacted a lot of people, you know what I mean? But yeah. thank goodness, because those people are the people that, uh, a lot of them that we look up to, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. that mentor us. And, you know. Uh, he said to me, because uh, uh, that's how I started out, right? Where he, you know, I was so green, I would just yeah, yeah. fall apart and cry every time we had to do a presentation for him. And um, <laughs> <laughs> for like three years, I couldn't talk to him, you know. And... Um, he told me a few years later, or years later, I was with him for nine years. He said, I can count on one hand of the hairdressers that I respect, that I admire. And he said, you're one of them. I would have been crying and again. I, well, I'm going to cry right now because uh, I still don't believe him. You know what I mean? I'm like, really? <laughs> me? You know? So I think that um, when someone is that hard on you and they say something like that, you're like... You really believe them, you know, right. like they really meant it. And if, if I hadn't had that experience of working with him and Vivian and mm-hmm. having them 
hold me to those standards, I would not, I don't know where, I, you know, where my career would have went, gone, went. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Well, you know, he's the kind of guy that he's not going to tell you <clears throat> something just to feed, you, no. feed your ego or tell you, you know, good job. No. Nope. Just, just for the sake of it. Nope. Yeah, so. He, wow. So, yeah. you know, he meant That's awesome. it. Yeah. That's awesome. And I've got, I've been, I've seen him a few times over the last time I was in London, we had lunch and it was just so great. So mm. it's always so nice to see him. Well, he invited us to his house. So you went to his house? Not yet. No, no. no. Oh. He invited. So next time we go to London, we get to do a podcast at his house. Oh, fun! Yeah. Okay. The one in the country or the one in the? No, we don't know. Okay. We do. I think we invited ourselves. Frankly, I think you could probably do both. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, we did part invite one ourselves. Part two. <laughs> right. We'll do the podcast at this house, but we'll sleep over at this house. <laughs> so yeah. Ruth. Um, I mean, I, I didn't want to make this all about, you know, you and Trevor, but we, we've gotten, uh, we're there right now. Um, <clears throat> so I, I heard a story through somebody about um, a time that uh, that Trevor came down on you pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Want to get into that? I think I know what you're talking about. Um, and he said something. Mm-hmm. Don't ever. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the story that uh, I was talking about in the beginning of the so, podcast. Right. So we, it was one of those times when we had to do, because... Even though we, we got on the team, we still had to prove ourselves every once in a while. We'd have like a presentation we had right. to do for Trevor and Trevor. So how, how far on, how how far along um, with the organization were you Probably like point? a year or two into okay. it. Okay. Ooh, um, so still, maybe a year. Right. So it was just the three of us still because the team grew after that, but it was just the three of us. And um, we... We had done some shows and stuff like that, but it was just time for us to come back together and, and meet up with Trevor and do hair for him. And Terry and I had done this show, and she did this big genie hairdo that, like, it was like a big bouffant that was like two and a half feet high with a little sprout on the top. And I did this natural looking little, I don't know, like little knots and things with little tendrils blowing in the wind and, you know, close to the head very you know sweet and whimsical and um at the show right so we, when we go to do the test here he goes can i do that look you did and i and she goes you can do the one i did and i'm like okay you know like i was just <laughs> didn't have a backbone really you know i'm just like okay okay uh, i you, didn't you know that friend yeah. hey, <laughs> she'll do it <laughs> can you go stand in front of this right. truck it'll be fun <laughs> So I Mikey likes everything. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You know when you grab the electric fence and the guy on the end, yeah, uh, <laughs> zap. Yeah. I'm like all right, Ruth, you're on the end, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I have four brothers, and they right. used to do that to me, like spit in the wind on the on the sailing boat on the sailboat. I fell for it every time. Everybody nuts. Yeah. Smack. Yeah. So I did this thing, and we weren't like on a stage at a show. We were in a room, and. Um, so we had hydraulic chairs and my model was in the chair and I was back homing and back homing and back homing and back back homing and back homing and looking for height. Yeah, and it uh-huh. was like the leaning tower of pizza. You know, it was <laughs> just like I couldn't I didn't know how to back home. We hadn't got into the, all the hairdressing stuff mm-hmm. yet. We've been mainly focusing on hair cutting. So <clears throat> So I'm sitting there, Terry's done. She's done with her look. I'm still back homing. I'm still I'm like hiding behind it now because <laughs> it's so tall. Right. And um it just was, it was a train wreck from hell. And I, I could feel my, my resolve just falling apart and I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. I couldn't figure it out. So I did the best that I could. It looked terrible. And um, 
then we had our evaluation after. So we're all sitting around and, you know, he said, Terry, that was lovely. Look, <laughs> that was beautiful, flowing, natural, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Chip, I can't remember what he did. but Something he, wonderful, I'm of sure. Of course, it was fabulous. And then he goes, and you, <clears throat> excuse me, I got to get ready for this. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, and you, don't you ever do shit like that again and put my name on it. Oh, my God. Guess what I did? Cried. Oh, yeah. Oh. I cried. I cried. But that wasn't mine. So, uh. yeah. So oh just when I was like starting to get some confidence, you know, and so a big lesson learned is, you know, don't do something in front of Trevor that <laughs> you haven't done before. Although I did it the first time and it worked out okay in my audition. Right. But, um, he basically said your balls don't mean anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> you had balls the first time, but now they're getting in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my God. So that was very That's humbling. both inspiring and uh, and heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh. oh my god. But you know, like it just what it remind what it reminds me is that you know, Trevor and Vivian both used to always say, you know, you can't teach people taste. Um, but I feel like I they taught me that because I would look at Trevor's eyes I would look at his eyes and look for what was he looking at. Like what, what he was seeing. Yeah, like if I watched him do hair, I would look at his eyes to look at what was he looking at. Right. And then I would look at what, what he was looking at and watch him change it. You know, and I would just, I was fascinated with, well, what does he see that needs to be changed in the first place? You know, so I was just, I was really into like really learning before and after. Before he touched that piece and after. Wow. You know, and so I learned how to look for those things and start to see the hair that isn't there yet, you know, mm. and start to see what hasn't happened yet. Wow. And um, I learned so much from that, from watching him. And then the other thing I learned uh, from Trevor and Vivian both was to stand, I would stand behind him so I could see from their perspective what they were looking at. And, and to this day, I still, when I'm teaching, it's like, why are you standing to the side of me looking at? something totally different than what I'm looking at you know so I feel like when you're when you really want to learn something from someone who's doing it stand behind them and look at their perspective because that's the only way you're going to see what they're seeing what they're seeing where their hands are you know what their body position is any of that stuff um you know you just got to get right up in it and get advice. there yeah. Do you um do you train that way now like yeah. like so you, you you'll put someone right behind you yep I'll even get, I'll, <laughs> if someone's, and I'm not supposed to do this with, um, I'm with Pureology now, we're not supposed think, to touch people. I think if we whisper, nobody knows. Okay, because there's someone in this room. <laughs> um, I'll get, like, I'll put my arms underneath people's arms and like become their arms for them and grab right. their arms and hold their hands or I'll hold the shears and their hand at the same time and help them, you know, feel what is it supposed to feel like in this position or that position and, um, you know, and for me, it's so hair is so physical. You know, right. like it's it's physical and it's visual, but a lot of it's even more physical than visual sometimes. Meaning with touch, you know. Right. Um, and one of the things I used to do in my academy was I'd have in the advanced cutting class, I'd blindfold people and have them cut hair with a blindfold on. Hopefully, on a mannequin. Yeah, on a mannequin, <laughs> and I would buddy them up so one would have the blindfold, one wouldn't. You know, so they wouldn't like 
start cutting the curtains or whatever. Right. Um, but to learn how to, and it was there was no comb. They were just cutting with their hands and a pair of scissors and a blindfold. Oh, and wow. yeah, and that feels and, magical. Yeah, like, if you do I'm do it, it it's right? it's really cool because you think you're going to take your blindfold off and look at this like train wreck, you know, shit show of a whatever. Right. And you you take your blindfold off and it's like, did I even cut anything? You know, but it feels because because you're feeling, you know, you're feeling I'm and like, you're not. Hey, this is my pinky. There's yeah. My <laughs> yeah. Finger. But you feel like when you're going and you're talking with the shears and trying to take hair out, it feels like you're out of control because you're so dependent upon your eyes. Right. You know, but it's really you can feel it. You don't have to see it. Hmm. You know, I'm going to try that. It's fun. I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna, next time I see you, I'm going to let you know how that worked out. <laughs> you Send me a selfie with All your right. blindfold on. You know what? I'll call you film it. <laughs> okay, good. You should cut Ruth's hair blindfolded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe I, tomorrow. All right. Oh, hey. I'm here. Okay. Exactly. So, um, I, I mean, I guess we, we, we fast forward to 2003. So, what was like opening your salon like and what, what was that experience like? That was crazy. I, um, I started my... Um, Academy, because I was with Redkin at the time as right. their global artistic director, and I was going 100 miles an hour, and I was getting a little burned out, and I thought, I don't know what I want to do. I want, I, I kind of wanted to do my own thing, so I stopped. I left Redkin to stop for a minute, mm-hmm. just to get off the freeway, right. and I decided to start my own academy. So for the first two years before I had the salon, I would rent a space when I had a class. And it was, it was sort of like an underground academy because it <laughs> didn't really have a home. And um, so I left in 2000 and January of 2001 was my last show with Redkin. Um, and Chris Sorby and I were on stage together. And then I had all that time until my first class was going to be in September. So I spent all this time building my website. And I had a, a, a personal experience during that time with someone that I was going to... Um, possibly going to business with that was a horrible horrible experience I lost I got ripped off of a mm. bunch of money and um, I've never even talked about that actually till this second you know it was it was bad and right. it happened like a month before I launched my company I cut so, ties so with this, this person this, so this part this this person was going to be a partner in your company yes mm-hmm. mm. yeah so, and, and um, it was someone who I was very vulnerable, I, right. you know, gullible, whatever you want to call it, and uh, naive, naive is the word I'm looking for. And so I had this happen and luckily realized that I had to cut the, the ties of this. And it was a month before I was starting my academy. <clears throat> and uh, so I had to redo my website. I had to redo all the names on my class. You know, like I just had to change it all because I didn't want any flack, you know. Right. So I kind of had to rebrand it a little bit. And um, and then my very first class was September 9th, 10th, and 11th. September 11th, 2001. So in New York. So I had depended on people to fly to New York to take my classes. I leave this big job with Redkin. To go out on my own and start schlepping all my own boxes in and out of storage to do these classes, and you know, I um, I we were in class. It was the, yeah, that was the third day of our class when mm-hmm. that happened, and we saw it happen. There was a, um, a balcony, you know, where we were able mm-hmm. to see 
what was going on and oh how God. close to downtown were you we were in midtown so mm-hmm. um it was you know we were not that close to it but we could see you know and um you know, it was just weird. I mean, that changed all of our lives, right? Like everybody, Absolutely. everybody remembers where they were and what happened that day. Um, but, you know, that was, you know, from a business point of view, it was kind of like not so positive either <laughs> because mm-hmm. I was depending on people flying and traveling to New York to take these classes. And so nobody wanted to travel for a while, you no. know. Well, and, let me, I mean, let's slow down. So... So September 11th, this happens, and then airports are shut down mm-hmm. for like a week, right? Wasn't it like a week? Like you couldn't get in and out of the city? Yeah, and I had so, some people, yeah, that were stuck. So, so what? I, they did, rented did, a car and drove back. So there was back a couple way? people from Santa Barbara, someone that I used to work with when I first started doing right. hair. She came to the class and brought a, uh, one of her stylists, one or two of her stylists, and then another, um, you know, Cesar Ramirez? He's a hairdresser. He was um, with Mizani for a while, and he's now, he's just become this huge um, celebrity. He works with Demi Lovato, right, and right, he's right, just right. amazing. He was there. It was, he was living in New Jersey. He was mm-hmm. super shy, and he was in the class, and he was there. And he's, I remember telling him, you need to move this city. You need to get in with a good salon. You need, you know, you got to do this, because he was right. really talented. So he ended up having this great career. But anyway, so yeah, we were all. So they rented a car and drove all the way back to Santa Barbara? Yeah. Yep. Did you have to put them up for a couple of days? No, I can't or? remember what happened. Well, they were in a hotel already, so they yeah. already had a hotel room. So they stayed in the hotel for a day or two until we sort of figured out what was going on. Right. And then they um, rented Did, a car. They rented a car and went yeah. back. Wow. Yep. I just kind of relived that a little bit. I know. So <laughs> you know? I didn't mean to be so. No, 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 no. That's it's a cool. big part of my story. So that, so that was so. Then that happened, you know, September 11th, and yeah. then and and like you said, you were relying on people to come to to New York, and yeah. you know, one New York was kind of like, I'm not going to New York, you know, and, and then I'm not getting on an airplane. I'm not getting on an airplane for two. Exactly. <laughs> um, wow. So so how long did you hang on? Well, it took me, um, I, had, I had wanted to open a salon, and I kept going to um, look at spaces, and I, would, I just kept getting the runaround from realtors, and they did hear I was a hairdresser and start treating me differently, and the fact that I was a woman, you know, right. it's like, well, let me tell you how it goes, you know, and it's just like, no, let me tell you how it goes. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't want to see the space. So, so if this was in New York, though, you were looking <clears throat> for spaces in New York? Yeah. Okay. And so I gave up because it was just too hard to find a place. Um, and I just thought, you know what, I'll just keep my academy for now going the way that it is. And and then I was walking around in Tribeca just to, um, I don't know why I was walking around down there. But <laughs> <laughs> I see this. This is New York. Everybody walks around. I was wandering around trying to figure out my life. And I was walking down this street. And, I, and in Tribeca, there was couple of streets there where there was sort of a no man's land there's a lot of big lofts down there right and i saw this this loft it looked kind of shady mm-hmm. um and it had a handwritten for rent sign on it like chicken scratch you know and so i thought yeah, that's pretty call. shady yeah <laughs> so i'm gonna call and just see so i call and i this woman answers the phone she goes hello <laughs> and I, that's, hello i said hi i'm calling about the space on i can't remember what street it was on and um, yada yada, and she goes, "Well, my partner's out of town right now." 
you know, what I'll have him call you when he gets back. <laughs> and so we're talking <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm going to win this woman over. I am going to, she's going to remember me and she's going to talk to me. And then all of a sudden I knew, I knew her name was going to be Ruth and it was. Her name was Ruth. Yeah. I'm like, what's your name? And she goes, I'm Ruth. And I was like, so am I. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So we had a little bit of a bond there. So I was hopeful. Right. And she goes, well, go around the corner. We have another space. Go check it out. So I went around the corner and I called her as soon as I got around the corner because it was my space. Like I got goosebumps. I was like, oh, my God. You know, I got to do this. And um and it had been a bookstore and a, and a coffee shop that I used to hang out in occasionally. Oh, wow. right. Yeah, and so um, it was this great place. So Leon Minza, that was his name, he came back into town, he called me, <laughs> and we worked it out, and I got the space. And so I had no clients, it was awesome, and no Silas, and I opened a salon. Wow. <laughs> but I had... No, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I do. Ha- I had um, one stylist who I had made friends with through a mutual client. He was a colorist. So he brought his clients to the salon. Um, and we had talked about maybe becoming partners. But I had had that bad experience. So I was like, you know what, let's work together for a year and then see. And unfortunately, it didn't work out. And um, I had asked someone, uh, another stylist, from uh, another state came and moved and we literally started with nothing and mm. I uh, that's just me being me I'm like mm-hmm. I'm going to do this now okay let's do this now let's open up a salon in the most expensive neighborhood <laughs> in New York <laughs> exactly. City without a clientele you know and um, I did it and I just thought I want something different this is New York City I want something different in New York City I want a place that I want to work in. I want a place that clients walk in and they feel like they don't want to leave. You know, they just love being here. And I didn't want it to feel like a typical salon where, you know, you're, you're lucky to be there as a client, you know, like, and, um, and I built it and I had help. I had great people and I didn't hire anybody with a clientele. As a matter of fact, a lot of people who have big names now came to me and they're like, I want to come and work, you know, and I, I turned them away. I have so many questions right now, and I'm yeah. not, I don't know which direction to go. And yeah, I, I mean, I think the obvious is is you wanted it different. How was it different? It was more of a community. Um, every apprentice was treated as with as much respect as the stylist there, and yet everyone worked their asses off. Like I cleaned the floors at night. I did. I didn't do, and I didn't ask anybody to do anything. I wouldn't do myself. Right. Um, and I was. I was. I had that work ethic that I got from Trevor and Vivian. You know. <laughs> so they were like, Ooh. you know. Now I. Oh, another story. But anyway, <laughs> um, what am I talking about? We're talking about how your salon was different than all the other oh, ones. Oh, you know? yeah. So, so that people can, it was like a teaching hospital. It was like a teaching salon. So mm-hmm. as the apprentices got out of the apprenticeship and got onto the floor, the clients knew them. And I would teach my apprentices as I was doing my client, you're going to do her hair next time. Here's what you want to do. And wow. so they would take notes and da 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 So it was different in that way that the clients were the salon's clients and, um, People weren't real possessed. I mean, clients had their favorites, and they sure. they, they went to the stylist they really sure. loved ultimately. But they weren't afraid to try someone else if their stylist wasn't available. 
And uh, my goal was never to build a huge clientele for myself. It was to build my team because I didn't necessarily um, need to have a clientele. And I, I wanted to, I got an agent around that time, right. started working with celebrities. So I was out of the salon a lot doing that kind of thing and doing editorial and things like that. So, which was another dream of mine, you know. And to, that, do, to do editorial work? Yeah, and that mm-hmm. was a whole another thing that, that I got into. So how many, how many stylists were you, uh, you built up to? Um, I never was, I never had more than like seven. I think that was my top number. Um, I had it for eight years and, uh, one of my best friends who's still one of my best friends to this day had moved to, to work with me from Spokane. His name was Bradley Arian and he's now like a top freelance, you know, editorial hairdresser. And he was with me for five years and he got to the place where he had to move on and grow. And, um, so we, you know, we remained friends, but it was heartbreaking for me to lose my, you know, my buddy right. who was with me every day. And I, I, we went all over the world. He did shows with me. We went to Australia twice and mm. I had wow. him on stage with me. And so that was a big shift, you know, and, and going away from being in the big manufacturer world to doing my own thing, you know, and I was still doing shows though for Redkin distributors and hair expo in Australia. And right. I was doing a lot of fun stuff like that and working with my agency and doing my academy and having my clients and running the salon. So it was just like this a lot to do, right? craziness. So when did you find that your management style was like as particular as, you know, maybe Vivian or Trevor's eye? The hair, the artistic side of it, yes. But what about even like just the management style? Management style, I, my thing is I realized I'm not a good manager of people. I feel like you should say something once and that's enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? To that's why she's the world's worst uh, <laughs> manager, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I just, I, I think it's because of how I was um, so... This is the expectation, and, and, and yeah. yeah, right. So, so it kind of sounds like my mom. Like she say it once, and then if I didn't listen, then yeah. I mean, I, did, <laughs> I felt it. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear it again. I felt it. Right. Yeah. But no, and I would be really, really patient for a while. But I just found it takes. It took a lot out of me to try to be a good manager. It's right. just not natural for me. I'm a leader, but I'm not a manager, and there's a difference. What's the difference? A leader is somebody who um, inspires people to do better. Who, uh, my thing was getting people to believe in themselves as artists, as hairdressers, that they can do whatever they want, um, and that they can make hair magic, you know, and do it however they want to do. And I can teach. I guess leadership is teaching too, and mm-hmm. and modeling the kind of behavior that you want people to have. Um, and so that's more of my thing. But the the day to day structure coaching you know plus i didn't know what i was doing so how right. can i help you when i don't know what the <laughs> hell i'm doing you know <laughs> like figuring it out as i go right so like systems and i remember being there was like a loft office with a desk and a um terry the one that got on the team that decided she didn't want to travel right she had opened her own salon and so she gave me a gift of of an hour with matthew fairfax who was a consultant and you guys know him We'll get into that. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So he, um, he's a really good friend of mine because in that hour, I was under the desk up in the loft sobbing, going, what have I done? I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is crazy. 
and he was he would talk me off the ledge and he helped me set up some systems and you know it's funny now when I talk to my team they they loved it they didn't feel like I was a bad manager but right. in my head I just it just wasn't it was too hard it was yeah. hard so, I get that I mean yeah. I completely get that it, it, it's it, for me it's much easier to be a coach than it is to be a manager mm-hmm. so I mean I I, I totally get that. Um, so yeah, Matthew Fairfax. He's actually come up a couple of times on the podcast, and we literally just talked about him today with Sam Villa. Oh, you that got was the it. first time we got his name right, though. That is Sam knows him too. No, he doesn't. But oh. we we butchered Matthew Fairfax's name probably almost every <laughs> podcast until this morning. Exactly. Well, you know he's in Cambodia. Well, that's what we talked about with Sam. Yeah. So we were yeah. telling. We, we. I mean, I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, I just thought he was a. a you got to do a podcast. We're, we're, we're in the talk show. We're, oh, I think good. we're going to do it the first of the year. I mean, Matthew doesn't know that, so I guess we just let the cat out of the bag. But <laughs> we plan on doing it at the first of the year. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking to Sam about what he's doing in Cambodia and how just incredibly special that is. And, and Sam's eyes lit up. So he's like, okay, you, you have to introduce me to him. So Oh, yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll definitely have to do I'm that. I'm going to go over there in... February for a couple uh, weeks. Great, because Sam's that's like, exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, wow. awesome. Because Sam's like, yeah, you got to connect us because they're looking for somebody to uh, for a charity, and he oh. goes, you guys got to connect me with this guy. Yeah, right. Justice and Soul is the name of his foundation. Yeah, this is, that's soul. that that's unbelievably cool. Mm-hmm. You know. That's so, cool. how did you inspire Milady? I mean, how did I mean how did, how, how were you able to influence uh, or? I don't remember how that came about. The Milady textbook? Yeah. Um, it was when I it was when I started Rare, when I that was the name of my company, and it stands for Ruth Ann Roach Enterprises. Um, <laughs> well there's only one. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Some someone who recommended me, um, they called me to do rewrite the haircutting chapter of the did you do that with Gordon? Was I don't Gordon think Miller Gordon there? was there. So no, every no. American hairdresser, for the most part, uh, at one point is is coached by you or taught by you through Milady at every cosmetology school yeah. throughout boom. the country. Well, <laughs> <boom>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know there's another edition since mine. You oh, know, really? So I, I might not. Wow. Yeah, but I, I didn't re bummer. I didn't rewrite it. I you know I took what was there and I added to it and you know but. I authored the the revised. Well, I'm sure the edition. revised version revised version still has your little part in there. I so. just got it out of my you know treasure chest the other day, and uh. blew the dust off of it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally want to. How, how do I know? And if it we was have chapter the eleven. Chapter eleven. Chapter eleven. What? Yeah. <laughs> chapter eleven. That's, yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> so um. So, uh, kind of moving uh, through to like your editorial work. So, um, does that include like Naha and stuff? Yes. Well, I entered. I started doing some some work when I was with Trevor for some of the trade magazines, American mm-hmm. Salon and Modern Salon, and and started having opportunities like that. And then um, I was at this gig with for Redkin. What was I doing? I don't know. Anyway, Redkin. Oh, I know what it was. It was a uh, for Fashion Week. It was a a test, a hair and makeup test. So I went to the test, and the makeup artist was there, and his name was Billy B, and he was there on behalf of Revlon Pro, our, um, to do the the makeup. 
So we were, and I started schmoozing him because I'm like, oh, this guy's a big deal. He's, I can tell. <laughs> and I was like, hey, so, um, like, would you ever want to do a test or anything like that? You know what it, and if you don't know what a test is, it's, it's doing photographs with a photographer, a makeup artist, a model, and a hairdresser where you all do it for, and sometimes a fashion stylist, and you all do it just to get a, a photograph for your portfolio. So nobody has to pay anything, and it's just, you know, a nice way to do it. So he was like, well, I would only do it, you know, here, here's my card, call my agent. So I, I got the blow off big time. Right. So I was like, wah, wah, you know, and I left and I went um, back. And then I was going to a shoot for Ovations magazine. It was a hair magazine that was out for a little while. It's not yeah, around I don't anymore. That one. Yeah. And it was a cover shoot. And I go and I walk in and Billy's there to do the makeup and he I walk in and I think oh no he uh, he thinks I'm like a peon he's not going to talk to me <laughs> he goes hey whore <laughs> <laughs> and I was like well okay how are you you know so <laughs> so we're sitting there and we you know barely doing the model just yucking it up talking it hit it off and I brought it up again I said would you ever test and he said the only way I would do it is with this friend of mine you know, he's really amazing, blah, blah, blah. And we start throughout the day, I'm bringing it up again. And he, and he starts on, and then he says his name is Rod. And I'm like, and then then he goes, and you know, blah, 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 originally from Santa Barbara. And I'm like, what's his last name? And he said, Spicer. And I'm like, shut up! Shut your face! Yeah, shut your face! <laughs> Rod Spicer was in photography school in Santa Barbara when I was in hair school. And he shot my first headshot for Trevor. For my audition. Get out of here. And he was, and I had heard he was, because we lost touch, we were, we hung in the same circles and partied together and all that stuff. But I heard he had moved to New York. Then I heard he was in Paris. I didn't know where he was. He had since become a pretty big photographer here in New York. Well, we're not here in New York, but (laughs) in New York. And I told Billy, I know Rod. Rod and I were friends in our early 20s, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he calls Rod on the phone and he goes, and I haven't talked to Rod in like nine years. Oh, wow. And he goes, I have two words for you, Ruth Roach. And he hangs up on him. <laughs> so great. And he, um, so the three of us started shooting together and he was shooting Mary J. Blige and Billy was working with Missy Elliott and doing all these really amazing, you know, things. And, you know, it was just serendipity, but it was, it was I don't know, meant to be, I guess. So we started shooting together and doing, um, Rod shot my first winning Naha. No, he didn't. I'm sorry. I lied. He Uh-oh. shot my hairstylist of the year entry um, that I won. And it was just cool. We did a lot That's of stuff really cool. for free. We worked really hard. We created some really cool shit. And, um, and Billy kept saying, you got it. He was always like talking about you know you can't do hairdresser hair if you want to get into doing editorial work it has to be softer it has to be it can't be hairdresser hair I'm like well what the hell is hairdresser hair what are you talking about you know and so I learned over time that it was the hair that impresses us as artists sometimes doesn't impress people who aren't hairdressers do you know what I'm saying Mm, like that really edgy weirdo stuff um, a lot of the stuff that I do for Naha and things like that is not something I would I could have in my portfolio when I was doing editorial and freelance because it's they don't if they don't see a ponytail in your portfolio they don't think you can do one even though you have to be able to do a ponytail to do those amazing things that you do right. with you know the art side of it but there was some stuff that 
he said I could use. So he was with an agent called Timothy Priano at the time, artist by Timothy Priano. And I, he came over one day and we laid all my pictures out. This is when you had a physical portfolio with printed photographs and laid it all out on the floor in my bedroom all along the floor <laughs> and of all the things I'd ever done. And oh, wow. Billy goes, this goes to the first page. This is the da 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 And he goes, you have a portfolio. I'm like, I do? Because he do? kept saying, you got to keep shooting. You got to do more. You got to do more. So he's, he got me an appointment with his agent. And I went to see his agent and they signed me. Right. Wow. It was just like, what is pinch, pinch? I'm pinching myself. <laughs> like, I'm just, I've been so blessed, so lucky to have all the things that have happened for me happen. Um, I think I've worked really, really hard and I've showed up, but I think you got to keep your eyes open. And sometimes, like, I didn't know Billy was going to be at this test for the fashion show, you know, for Redkin that I was doing. And right. um, if I hadn't asked him to test, you know, I you never would have had that opportunity. But up to this yeah. point, you think about it, how impressive, you know, you think about, you know, the young, naive, uh, was crying every day, scared. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I was you, like, wait, who's he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right. But you, you know, but you, but you didn't let this stop you. You get, you kept enduring, enduring, pushing through, pushing through to the point where, you know what I mean? It, it's impressive because we have listeners. I'm sure that's feeling a lot of those feelings that you went through. I mean, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, you just have to keep going. You know, you just have to pick yourself up, have a good cry, you know, get it out, feel bad. I, I go through periods of feeling sorry for myself, but I like, I don't actually set a timer, but I only allow myself to feel, you know, like, Oh, poor me for a little bit. And then you just have to believe, like, I think, you know, and there's times when I've lost my belief in myself, for sure. You know, I've been through some really hard times where I'm like, why am, why am I even doing this anymore? You know, right. and um, it, in the end, you're the only one who can pull yourself up and, and make it happen. I mean, you surround yourself with great people and you like if you see someone who has what you want, help them, help them get where they want to be, you know. Because that was a lesson I learned from my mentors a long time ago is just be of service, you know, because I think sometimes people get we can get so caught up in what we want and what we want to achieve that we forget that service is a great way to not only help someone else get where they go, but it's 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 in giving that you get things in return, you know, and I don't give to get. But like those are the biggest gifts I've had. Um, This woman came up to me today after the panel and said you are my hero and she like burst into tears and hugged me and I was like this is this is amazing like I don't you know you don't know who you're going to affect and who you can help and no matter what level you're at in your career where you are you know the way you treat everybody is so important and never step on anybody to get where you want to go you know I think that's my biggest thing is you can have your dreams um and it might take a different path than what you thought it would, you know, so don't get discouraged. Beautiful. But keep your eyes open for the opportunities. Beautiful. Wow. I mean, I, 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 I kind of want to end it now, but I mean, we do have one. We have a last question for you, <laughs> but I mean, that was just so, I mean, portrait-like, you know, just 
they painted the whole picture. That that was amazing, Ruth. Thank you. Um, so, turn. I think before our last question, um, we have a we have a gift pack for uh, for Ruth that I'd like to share with her, and then we'll kind of get into the last question. Yep. Well, I'm going to thank uh, Pink Peter, Ruzel, Pink Peter. and the Zuka Experience exactly. uh, for putting this together, and we would like to give this to you. I love gifts. <laughs> it's a cool gift. Um, so, uh, Thank actually, you. Um, do can we have I a, open it right now? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, you absolutely can. Do we have an open Zuka? Yes. Yeah. Cool. You got to take a look at this, Ruth. Uh, uh, I recommend that you don't open the Zuka until you can use it. Okay. But um, we'll kind of take a peek at this. That's the Zuka. This is the Zuka. It's the most amazing we'll thing. We'll have Gabriel put it on me. So Wait a minute. See. Does that go around your neck? Yes. Oh my God! It's like a it's like a Crates. water gasket. Yeah, and it keeps hair, keeps water, keeps. Um, and you can cut on it. You can the cut perfect seal. Yeah. Oh my God! It's, a, it, it's amazing. It's kind of a it, it's silicone and it, uh, it it cleans up with just some hot water and a little yeah. bit of soap or shampoo, and then um, it, it's pretty amazing. It's it's like a it's like a gasket. You put it over the cape, like yeah. around the neck. Yep, put the cape on. Yeah. And, uh, it's a complete water seal. That's cool. Yeah, well, uh, well, uh, I got one of those in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely one in there. Oh, wow. It's Can pretty you hear cool. me rustling? Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is amazing. It, it's a pretty cool product. So, um, well, uh, there we go. Oh, we're getting a demo. Yeah, we're definitely getting a demo. Look at that. That is brilliant. It's amazing. Brilliant. Isn't it? Oh my god, I'm using it tomorrow. <laughs> so okay, so we have a fun last question. Okay. Um, and uh, we have a couple rules though, right? Yeah. Y'all. No world peace. Yeah. So so, okay. so the rules are the answer can't be uh, well, you know world peace or or my cat or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know that can't right. be the answer. But you know and, and it can be feed as the babies. <laughs> you know? It can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, it can be anything physical or anything that you're thinking about or anything that you're listening to or whatever. But what is Ruth Roche obsessed with? I was supposed to think about this, wasn't I? That's what you're doing right now. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm obsessed with my dog. I just said not your cat. Don't oh, you no did? better oh. than your cat. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. Um, no. <laughs> I... Well, he, gave, he, he allowed Trevor to have that answer because Trevor's... He just got a dog and he's obsessed with it. Right. That's true. But it was Trevor's first dog, so I kind of gave him a slide. Oh, and it was true. his first dog. I know this is this going to sound weird, but I'm right now I'm kind of obsessed with painting. It's something I taught myself. Oh, cool! And I paint these big, huge flowers, like I did, um, and they're really good. I just got to say, but <laughs> I paint over wait, them. Wait, wait, Ruth Roche. What? Have you posted them? No. You have to post them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There, oh, there you go. Back in the line again. <laughs> you're, you're, he's he's holding the, f- the electric fence. And you're <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you guys are like my brothers. I just go right into it. Um, I and it's part of that obsession of figuring out and creating things, making things. I have this painting that I. That it's not really a painting, but this. Be, before I started painting, I made this piece of art. And I asked my friend, who's one of my dear friends, 
I said, please, this is, I went through a really hard time um, for a couple of years there, and I was just struggling to figure out what, what do I want, you know? And I said, why are we here? What the hell is the point of us being on Earth? Like, not in a really negative way, but please, just give me some kind of answer. Right. What are we doing here? And she said, we are here to create and to love. And so I've got to create and to love on a big canvas. And it's in my bedroom. It's what I see every morning when I wake up. And so I, that's what I want to do. I want to create, whether it's with hair, whether it's with people, and help mold them into what they want to be, a painting. And the, the, way, the figuring out of it is what I love. It's not, it's not the end result. The end result is kind of like, okay, meh, next. You right, know? Right. But to... Um, yeah, it just it just it's my it's my mojo. It's my thing. It makes the time just goes crazy. Yeah, proofs in the pudding. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it you have especially love yeah. on this industry. Absolutely, so, and we're the benefits of it. We appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Ruth Roche. So, um, Miss Ruth Roche. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm so in love with her right now that, I, that, that it's really hard. I'm in love me. with you guys. We love you so much, Ruth. So, I mean, it's like, I kind of feel like I'm breaking up by just ending the podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, but, hey, you know, listen, you got to let the good ones go, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Throsh, thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you so much for having me. And I just, I love what you're doing. And I can't wait to hear more and more people tell their stories. Awesome. Thank you so, so very much. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>